Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus Thursday episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. And thanks again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story, written by yours truly. This week's chapter, Chapter 8, will be read to you by Craig Brewer of Weird Christmas Podcast. Before we get to the chapter, though, I just wanted to share a quick story with y'all. Karma's a funny thing, because last week I bragged that for once I had finished adding the music and putting together Chapter 7 long in advance of when it was scheduled to drop in your feeds. Well, this week I made up for it, and I'm recording this about an hour before this chapter goes live. Definitely teaches me not to humble brag in the future. But, as we all know, sometimes life gets in the way and schedules get busy. Other than that, I don't have any housekeeping to go over with y'all this week. I would just mention that this is the last chapter that's dedicated solely to the introduction of a new character and storyline. Going forward, as we switch points of view each week on our way to Christmas 2021, we'll keep switching between characters and storylines that you already know. So, considering how many characters are in this book, and we are now eight chapters in, that's a milestone in and of itself. Also, I've been asked by a few listeners who I imagine in my head playing all of these characters in a movie. Now, normally as a writer, I'd leave it up to your imaginations to figure out what they look like in your mind's eye and who you can see playing them yourselves. But as I've mentioned repeatedly, I think this would make a better movie than a book. So I did have a specific cast, quote unquote, in my head while writing it. So now that we've had all of our major character introductions, I'll post my dream cast on social media sometime this week of whom I'd like to see play all of them if this ever got adapted into a film. One can dream, right? I'll just take now to note that if you're enjoying this, you know, share it with Hallmark and Netflix, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, whoever. Let's see, you know, let's get the attention of somebody so this can be made into a Christmas film. But yeah, besides sharing my dream cast, I'd also love to know and hear from y'all who you see in your minds when listening to the book or reading it yourself in terms of a movie cast, quote-unquote. But that's all I have for this week in terms of housekeeping and the like. So with that, I'll kick it over to Craig. Enjoy! Chapter 8. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. December 24th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hudson Jackson's alarm went off at 7 a.m. on the morning of Christmas Eve, the same time it went off every other day of the year. Groaning, the middle-aged man pulled his duvet completely over his head to block out the dull winter light 
drifting into his childhood bedroom, before reaching an arm out from within his self-made cocoon and slapping his hand blindly in the direction of his bedside table, trying to find his alarm clock. After 30 seconds of fumbling, he finally managed to bring his hand down hard atop of it, which quieted his blaring alarm and plunged his room into blissful silence once again. Hudson buried his face in his pillow, breathing deeply as he thought about the long, arduous day ahead. Gotta pay the bills, he mumbled to himself, his voice muffled by his pillow. Gotta pay the bills. This was his daily mantra, and had been for the past three years of his life. It was the only thing that kept him going throughout the day, the only thing that forced him to climb out of bed each and every morning. Hudson, get your butt out of bed, you're gonna be late for work. Well, one of the only things. Coming, Mama, Hudson called loudly as he threw the blankets off of himself with a flourish and climbed out of bed. Scratching his head and yawning loudly, he shuffled out of his bedroom and across the hall into the second-floor bathroom of his mother's shabby-looking duplex, which seemed to fall further into a state of disrepair by the day. It was a source of constant frustration for Hudson, because no matter how often he complained to his mother's landlord, the wealthy man seemed like he couldn't care less about their plight. Once shut within the bathroom, Hudson took stock of his reflection in the spotted mirror over the sink. There were dark bags beneath his bloodshot eyes, prominently visible despite his black skin, and the mustache growing above his upper lip was in desperate need of a trim. Letting out a wistful sigh as he stared at himself, he wondered aloud, when did I get so old? Thirty minutes later, after a long hot shower, Hudson entered the cramped, cluttered kitchen, which looked as though it hadn't been redone since the 70s, on the ground floor of the brownstone. His mother, a short, thin woman with a lined, tired face and short, curly, dark hair, was bustling around the space in a fluffy pink bathrobe, which was overlarge on her. She was piling a stack of pancakes onto a plate near the stove and didn't even look up from what she was doing when she acknowledged her middle-aged son. Sit down. Breakfast is just about ready. I was just about to call upstairs again. Hudson did as his mother instructed and plopped down in a chair at the tiny kitchen table. At his seat, his mother had already laid out silverware on a napkin, along with a full glass of orange juice and a bottle of maple syrup. Smells good, Ma, he remarked, after taking a long sip of juice. Is it ever not good? His mother, Violet, asked with a raised eyebrow. She placed a full stack of pancakes in front of him before gently taking the seat across from him. I was actually referring to what I can only assume is the turkey in the oven. Hudson corrected with a smile before taking a bite of his breakfast. These taste out of this world, per usual. Violet laughed. The turkey's for Christmas Eve dinner, she explained. Your Annie Jasmine is coming over, along with your cousins Darnell and Gina, Andre and Tache, and all of their kids. Oh, and your Nana's coming too, of course. Sounds like it's going to be a fun party, Hudson remarked, his mouth full of food. I'm sorry I have to miss it. His words were only half true. Part of him was glad that he'd be missing that evening's holiday celebrations, given how his lot in life had shaken out compared to his cousins of the same age. His mother, however, seemed to sense the defiant, underlying sarcasm in his voice. Boy, what are you talking about missing Christmas Eve? That's when Hudson realized he hadn't told her yet. I'm working a double shift today, Mama. Eight to twelve. But it's Christmas Eve. I'm aware. Why on earth would you volunteer to do a double... Because Ronnie asked me to fill in for him today. Hudson insisted, so he could leave on vacation a day early with his kids. Besides, we need the money. It was a legitimate excuse. The two of them had been struggling financially for three years now, ever since Carl, Violet's husband and Hudson's father, died of a heart attack. Without his second income, Violet, a housekeeper at the local Super 8 hotel, couldn't make ends meet on her own, 
even with her deceased husband's pension from the post office. As such, Hudson, who was struggling to make ends meet himself and was bouncing from job to job, moved back into his childhood home to help take care of his beloved mother. Do you need to work on Christmas Eve? Violet asked. It's an extra shift, for which I'm getting time and a half pay because it's a holiday, so yes, Hudson explained. After shoving another fork full of pancakes into his mouth, he added pointedly, If you'd consider moving out of this house and into someplace smaller... Boy, you better shut your mouth before I slap you, Violet threatened seriously. Your father would haunt me till the day I die if I left this duplex. It was our first home. It was where we raised you. You must be out of your damn mind for even suggesting such a thing. Hudson stared down at his half-empty breakfast plate in resignation. They had had this argument more times than he could count, and Hudson knew that nothing he could ever say would get the woman to change her mind. So instead of arguing, he settled for, Sorry, Mom. Hmm. Violet stood up and cleared away Hudson's plate before he could protest, walking it over to the trash can to dump the remainder of the food into it. Your auntie and Nana are going to be so disappointed if you don't show up tonight, she noted, walking over to the sink to run his plate under hot water. So will the kids. They'll live, Hudson replied, noticing that his mother refused to say whether or not his cousins would be disappointed that he wouldn't be there. After downing the rest of his orange juice, he wiped his mouth with his napkin and stood up. Besides, I'll see them tomorrow. Violet spun around to face him, placing both hands on the kitchen countertop behind her. But Christmas Eve is just as big a deal as Christmas Day. Why can't you get a job that gives you the holidays off like a normal person? First of all, it's not even a legal holiday today, Hudson let out a humorless laugh. Second of all, it's not that easy for a black man, Mama. You know that. He walked from the kitchen and made his way toward the front of the house. Don't you do that, Violet hurried after him, wiping her hands dry on a dish rag as she walked. Don't you dare do that. Your father and I never played the race card, and you shouldn't either. As her grown son stopped just before the front door, pausing beside a coat rack to shrug on his winter jacket, she squeezed past him to block his exit. You can't find another job because you're lazy, because you don't want to. I have no idea where you get that attitude from, because we sure as hell didn't instill those values in you. Every single time your father and I got knocked down, we picked ourselves up and were stronger for it. Hudson sighed deeply as he stared down at his mother before looking past her into the living room that was beautifully decorated for Christmas. The Christmas tree within it twinkled proudly in the front bay window overlooking the street, and the grown man marveled at how the holiday adornments almost managed to completely hide the fact that the room was in desperate need of refurbishment. At least try to get a job you actually like, Violet continued in a softer voice as she removed his scarf from the coat rack, regardless of the hours or pay. She began to wrap the winter accessory that she herself had knit her son around his neck. Money's not everything, and it'd be less soul-crushing than the one you have now. Hudson rolled his eyes. I like my job. Don't you dare lie to your mother, boy. Violet stuck a threatening finger in his face. I don't care how old or big you get, I'll still whoop your ass. She lowered her finger slowly as she gave a snort of derision. You like your job. Give me a break. You used to love animals, and now you're picking them up off the street to lock them away in cold cages and be put down. The animal care centers of New York do it in a humane way, Mom, I promise, Hudson explained for what felt like the umpteenth time. Doesn't mean you like doing it. I'm getting stray animals off the cold winter streets, Hudson insisted. I'm helping them by taking them to a place they have to wait to die. Hudson knew that he and his mother had arrived at an impasse, so instead of arguing his point any further, he gently pointed out, I'm going to be late for my shift. Just promise me you'll think about it, all right? She implored him, a stern glint in her brown eyes. Hudson nodded in response, knowing it was the only way he was going to be allowed to leave the house. Violet smiled. Good. She stood on her toes to kiss him on the cheek before grabbing his hat from the coat rack and tugging it comfortably over his ears. 
Now you be careful on the roads today. We're expecting that snowstorm to roll in at any time now. I'll be fine, Mom, Hudson replied, doing his best to keep the exasperation in his voice to a bare minimum. Reaching past her, he pulled open the front door of the house to reveal a light snow had already begun to fall from the sky. He also had a clear view of his white, dingy box truck that read Animal Control along the side of it, where he had left it parked on the street the night before, directly in front of the house. As Hudson hurried down the front steps, Violet called after him. We'll save you a seat at St. Patrick's. Mass is at six. Hudson sighed deeply as he reached the driver's side door of his truck, turning to call back to her. I told you, I'm working till midnight. Violet crossed her arms across her chest in the doorway of her home, raising an eyebrow as she did so. You get a dinner break, don't you? Hudson laughed in disbelief. I'll try to make it, he lied, knowing full well that he wouldn't be able to. Try hard, Violet pointed her index finger skyward. God's watching. Bye, Mom, Hudson rolled his eyes. Love you. Violet pulled her robe closed more tightly around her, shivering as she stared up at the gray sky, noticing that the snow was starting to fall heavier by the second. After waving at her son one last time, she stepped back into the house and shut the door carefully behind her. Hudson climbed into the freezing cab of his truck and let out a sigh of relief at the eerie quiet that it offered him. He placed his keys into the ignition and fiddled with them for a few moments in an attempt to get the vehicle to start. Come on, come on, he muttered to himself. Finally, with a loud bang, his car backfired as the engine roared to life. Smiling to himself, he merged carefully out into the road and started off in the direction of Midtown as the clock struck 8 o'clock and his shift officially began. His work days always started with the exact same routine. The moment he climbed into his truck and drove it out of Washington Heights, heading towards his assigned route, he called up his shift supervisor to let them know that he was on the road. Despite it being Christmas Eve, today was no different. After two rings, a voice on the other end of the line answered briskly. James Miller. Hey, Jimmy, it's Hudson. He placed his phone on speaker before throwing it onto the empty passenger seat beside him. Just wanted to let you know I'm on the road. Excellent, James cut across him before asking in a businesslike manner. What are the conditions like? They're normal so far, Hudson replied. Usual amount of traffic. Well, be prepared for him to get worse, James interrupted again. They're going to get real bad real quick. Merry Christmas to me, huh? Hudson joked. James, however, was apparently not in a joking mood. Just be careful with the truck. Any accidents will result in our insurance premiums going up and we'll be forced to take the difference out of your paychecks going forward. Hudson's stomach dropped as he straightened up in his seat seriously. Understood, he assured his supervisor. Uh, speaking of paychecks, I was hoping I could talk to you about a possible raise. You know the policy, Jackson. Raises won't be considered outside of annual performance reviews. If I'm recalling correctly, you still have seven months to go until yours. Hudson expected nothing less. How about extra shifts, then? There was a short pause before James replied. We'll talk after the first. Hudson smirked. It wasn't a fully-fledged promise, but it was better than nothing. Don't forget, I'm working a double today, and your next paycheck will reflect it, his supervisor cut across him, barely able to conceal his impatience. Thank you, sir. Mary... There was a loud click on the other end of the line, indicating that the call had been disconnected. Christmas, Hudson finished lamely. Staring out of the front windshield at the falling snow, Hudson settled into phase two of his daily routine, the phase that took up the majority of his day, driving aimlessly up and down the streets of midtown Manhattan, looking for stray animals he could pick up. It was dull work. Most of the time, he didn't come across many wandering the streets on his own, so he would spend the days listlessly daydreaming in between calls from dispatch, directing him to specific locations at which a furry creature had been spotted. Hudson didn't mind this for the most part. But this morning, it allowed him to focus on the conversation he had had earlier with his mother, which had begun to replay on a loop in his head. 
She had been right, as much as he hated to admit it. He hated his current job of picking up innocent animals and essentially sentencing them to death. Sure, some of them were lucky and ended up getting adopted, but the sad fact of the matter was that more animals were picked up than would ever find their forever homes. The New York shelters were always overcrowded, so putting them down was necessary to consolidate space for the new intakes. He constantly had nightmares about the whining of the many dogs and cats he'd picked up over the years, and while he, thankfully, never had to put any of the animals down himself, nor was he ever in the room when it happened, Hudson had been forced to walk and carry a few on their final death walks in the past. He would never, as long as he lived, forget the mingled sadness, fear, and resignation in their eyes, nor the way they trembled in fright. Just thinking about it at that very moment made him feel physically sick. But a job was a job, and while it didn't pay much money, it helped Hudson make ends meet, however barely. And frankly, it was the first job that he'd been able to keep steadily in years, at least since his father died. Before he landed his gig with the Animal Control Centers of New York, he had a brief, unsuccessful stint driving trains, and before that, a job working to unload trucks at a warehouse in the Bronx. Before the warehouse job, he had held a mid-level office job performing customer service for a coffee manufacturer. He had really liked that job. He was happy there. That was when he'd still been married to his high school sweetheart, Cindy. Unfortunately, one night after work, he was arrested for trying to buy weed from an undercover cop. It was a minuscule amount, but enough to send him away to jail for a few months despite having a clean record. His lawyer had argued that the overly harsh sentence was due to the color of his skin and was successful in getting him released based on said argument, in exchange for a year and a half's worth of community service. But by then the damage had been done. He had lost both his job and his wife. Hudson had never truly recovered from the arrest. The loss of his job and abandonment by the woman he loved so deeply had sent him spiraling into a depression. While his now tainted legal record made it harder for him to get his life back on track and find a job in general, let alone one that he truly enjoyed. He'd brought it all up on himself, though by being careless, he knew that. His mother was right when she said it was his own fault that he couldn't find a new job, but that was hard to admit even to himself, let alone aloud to anyone else, so he doubled down on the race excuse, much to the woman's ire. He refused to take his chances trying to find a new job that he'd love now that he had finally found a steady job, even though it was one that he hated. He didn't believe it would ever happen, and getting him to change his mind would take nothing short of a Christmas miracle. Besides, hopefully in the new year, he'd be able to pick up additional shifts and, if he was lucky, maybe even get a raise. And with that prospect of earning more money at the forefront of his mind, Hudson, with a new steady resolve, guided his truck down the street into slow-moving traffic, which was getting heavier by the second, in order to do a job that chipped away at his soul. No joke, I think that, along with our very own Julia, who obviously has the best voice, Craig has the most relaxing and calming voice out of every single Christmas podcast host out there. No joke, I could listen to him speak all day. So, thanks for reading us that chapter, Craig. And listeners, as always, thank you for taking this year-long journey with us and strapping in for the long haul to see where these characters and this plot goes. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know, so please keep the feedback coming, and please, if you are enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends and your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible, or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. 
So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisthepodcast.com. And I know I said it in jest at the beginning of this episode during housekeeping, but hey, you know, if you're really enjoying it, feel free to tag Netflix, HBO Max, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Hallmark, whomever, because you never know what can happen, right? Long shot, I can dream, but you know. Stranger things have happened, right? The Martian and Fifty Shades of Grey started out as online blogs, essentially. Weekly chapter-by-chapter releases, so... And they got picked up and turned into franchises, so... Who knows? But anyway, if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general... Check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well. Especially those Burr Month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that we all love. You know, the ones that lead up to Christmas itself. It's also kind of become a one-stop shop, a hub, if you will, for many of the Christmas podcasts you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis a Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself, but you'll also find new episodes of Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, all of your favorites posted there as well. And find all of the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too. Always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly a mini Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group. And I know I say it every week, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's absolutely 100% true. I know I speak for Tom and Julia and myself when I say it's probably the thing we're most proud of in regards to the show and what's come from it. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash tisthepodcast or www.tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. Recently, we dropped two Patreon-exclusive episodes in subscribers' feeds, one in which I talked to listener Kendall Ferry about the FXX show, You're the Worst, and one that serves as a late St. Patrick's Day treat for y'all, in which Tom and myself are joined by Ron Hogan, a.k.a. President Hot Dog, to talk about the 1993 horror comedy Leprechaun. In addition, Julia, Tom, and myself already recorded an episode for Easter in which we cover the Rankin-Bass traditionally animated special from the 70s of the first Easter rabbit, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And last night, I sat down with April Riley to record a special Passover episode in which we discuss a Jewish holiday overall and the Passover episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 5, Episode 7, The Seder. If you're listening to this episode on the day it drops, that will hit your Patreon feeds this upcoming Saturday, March 27th, which is the first evening of Passover in 2021. On April 15th, meanwhile, Hallmark will release their annual Keepsake Dream Book for 2021. So Todd, Killian, and myself will be sitting down to talk about all of the new ornaments being released this year. 
And currently, Tom, Julia, and myself are coordinating scheduling with a bunch of other Christmas podcast hosts you know and love, including Tim Babb, Mike Westfall, Jerry Davila, Todd Killian, to join us in talking WandaVision. And in a separate episode, joining us to debate Zack Snyder's Justice League, because we all have very strong, different opinions on that film. But both of those episodes will be fun, spoiler-filled, and should be hitting your Patreon feeds by the end of April. So like I've been telling you in recent weeks, despite the first two months of the year being slow in regards to Patreon, plenty of stuff will be coming your way. And we still have plenty of stuff in the pipeline for patrons throughout the rest of the year. New fireside chats, Christmas movie commentaries, our ongoing review of The Long Halloween, and a month of scary movie reviews in October for Halloween itself, amongst much, much more. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to subscribe. Rest assured that all money we make goes into improving the quality of our show and coming up with new swag to give to y'all. In fact, we're hoping to give patrons early access to new swag we're hoping to unveil at the beginning of summer. Really cool stuff we think you'll all like before making it available to everyone. Another way anyone can win some of the soon-to-be-announced swag, whether you're a patron or not, is by participating in Tis the Podcast's March Madness. That's right, we're getting in on the March Madness fun this year. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it drops, yesterday, March 24th, 2021, on our social media channels, we revealed we're doing a Christmas movie March Madness bracket, and we want all of our listeners to participate. You can vote in matchups via the link in said post and download, fill out, and send us your own bracket based on which Christmas movies you think will win each matchup, and which will go on to be rated the best Christmas movie by our listeners via the online polls. When all is said and done, Tom, Julia, and myself will tally the scores of each bracket we receive from y'all, and whoever scores the highest and makes the most correct predictions will get some of our new swag for free when it comes out this summer. So check it out and enter. The more people who participate, the more fun it will be. And there are other ways to help the podcast besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, March 29th, 2021, you'll get to hear our episode in which we discuss the second three Christmas episodes, the second batch of Christmas episodes, if you will, of Home Improvement. And on Tuesday, Tom, Julie, and I will be recording our episode on the two-Christmas installment of the 80s comedy ALF, which will drop in your main feeds on April 5th. That's right, we're heading into April already. Speaking of entering April, next Thursday, April 1st, you'll get to hear Chapter 9 of Another Christmas Story, which Ron Hogan, a.k.a. President Hot Dog, will be reading to y'all. In it, you'll catch up with Joey Nazario, and you'll get to hear Ron do one of the funniest and most offensive New York accents I've ever heard in my life. It's truly hilarious, which is fitting since it's dropping on April Fool's Day, so keep your eyes on your feed for that. So, once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider a lot of you legitimate friends. Anyway, do your homework, watch Home Improvement and ALF. We have lots of fun, exciting stuff coming up. But that's not the most exciting news we have. The most exciting news that we have is that we are only 275 days away from Christmas.
I seriously can't believe how fast this year is flying. The Hallmark Keepsake Dreambook releases exactly three weeks from today, if you're listening to this episode the day it drops. Leon Day is in exactly three months from today, if you're listening to this episode the day it drops. And Christmas in July is in exactly four months from today, if you're listening to this the day it drops. The most wonderful time of the year will be here before you know it. So get pumped, because you know once we hit the 4th of July and all the back-to-school stuff begins to go up in stores, it's all downhill from there. So, until Monday, bye y'all, have a great weekend. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at 5 and 10 Listening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Doubt we'll talk and we'll go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. A sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. Right.